All right, my friends, I need you all to close your eyes and picture this. No, really, unless you're driving or doing something important. Okay, imagine this, a day filled with music, engaging conversations about dating and partnership and loads of fun. You liking that vibe? Well, you're in luck. Mark your calendars for Saturday, October 21st, 2023, because Black Love Inc. is bringing you their highly anticipated annual marquee event to Atlanta. Look, it's early. Make your plans. You need to get to the ATL. Celebrating six years of fostering love, unity, and growth within the Black community, this year's summit promises to be bigger and better than ever. Black Love has got a star-studded lineup of high-profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired and empowered. Founded by the visionaries behind the Black Love docuseries and my friends, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, this event brings together renowned couples from the show and talented individuals from the extended Black Love family. Join us as we dive into candid and honest conversations about love, partnership and building a thriving community. All right, go back to your imagination. You know you don't want that FOMO, friends. Don't miss out on this chance to connect with like-minded individuals by the wisdom and experiences shared at Black Love Summit. Grab your tickets now at blacklove.com summit and get ready for a day of celebration and community. Welcome back, friends. You are listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I am your host, Sharice Sims, mama to six beautiful heavens, ages 13, 12, 10, 8, and twin five-year-olds. That equaled six kids, right? (laughs) I think I got them all. As always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. The peak and pit of my day is something that I do with my family. It opens a window to conversations with them. It's much more beneficial than just asking, how was your day? What did you do? It allows us to really pinpoint the best part of our day, the worst part of our day, so that then we can fill in the gaps for everything else. Because I like to do that with my family, and I consider you guys family, I like to do it with you here as well. My peak and pit for today are, my peak is that I got a new car, I don't know if I told y'all I was in an accident a little bit ago, lost my car, RIP, but I got a new car. God is good. We are still all safe and on the road and getting to all the places we need to be. And the pit of my day is something that doesn't really sit quite right with my stomach, right? So much like Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes when I have too much of them, (laughs) when people tell moms with young babies, I'm talking about infants zero to one, when they tell them that baby is such a cry baby, or you have to just let him cry, don't pick him up so much. That does not sit well with me. And I heard that being said to a mom today. So that is definitely the pit of my day. And now in line with talking about this idea of like, don't pick up your baby, he's a crybaby, which by the way, a baby who has nothing but cries and laughs, yes, they are going to be a crybaby and a laugh baby, but that's besides the point. 
When we are talking about don't pick up that baby, let that baby cry it out, we are actually telling someone what kind of attachment to build with their child. So today, I want to talk to you about secure attachments and three things to remember when building secure attachments with your babies, which does start from the point of when you bring them home from the hospital. Now, before we even get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about what secure attachment means. Secure attachment is extremely crucial for your child's emotional and social development because secure attachment is that thing that's going to teach them the world is a safe place. The world is a place where I can get my needs met. The world is a place that I can trust. Now, I know a lot of us are already saying, but you can't trust the world, (laughs) but the world doesn't meet your needs. And that's okay if you're saying that. And if you are saying that, I actually want you to pause and like think about where those thoughts and beliefs are coming from. And also think about the type of world that you would like to see created for your children, by your children. That's something I always think about with my own children. When people are like, you're not going to prepare them for the world. I'm like, oh, no, I'm definitely preparing them for the world. And I'm preparing them to change the world to look more the way that it should for these tiny humans and all of us living in it. So a secure attachment is going to give a child a solid foundation. They're going to feel self-assured. They're going to be responsive to situations, to people, to their jobs, to their academics, to challenges. Secure attachment is a beautiful thing. Now, there are three other types of attachments, and I'm just going to run them by you real quick because I want you to hear them. And of the four, I want you to tell me which one would I like my child to have. Now, the second attachment style is a preoccupied attachment. And this usually produces anxious children. It produces self-doubting, anxious, and sensitive, not only children, but also adults. And as I'm going through these, think in your mind, like, where are the adults in my life that actually match this? Who are the people who are self-doubting and anxious and sensitive? Take a moment to sit down at lunch with them and ask them about their childhood. Ask them about what it looked like, what the attachment looked like. The other kind of attachment is called dismissive attachment. And that is usually producing an avoidant child, a child that becomes self-reliant, right? This is that child when you say, don't pick up that baby, let that baby cry, they got to learn. You are creating dismissive attachment where that baby grows up believing the only person who can meet its needs are are themselves, right? They become self-reliant, they become avoidant, and they become distant. This is someone who grows up not really valuing relationships because what have they gotten from relationships? Relationships don't serve them in a way of like give and take, support, build and lift each other. Relationships have always just been Do it on your own. Figure it out on your own. Cry through it on your own. And the last attachment style is fearful attachment. And these children become disorganized. They become self-sabotaging, unpredictable, and isolated adults. Now, I know in my life, and I'm not going to call you all out because I love you, but I know that I could put a name or three names to each of these type of people, the people who are self-doubting and anxious and sensitive, the people who are self-reliant, avoidant, and distant. And to be honest, that's probably me. I'm, I'm still learning and growing and evolving. I'm doing better. But I would say that as a young adult, that was probably me. And then I, I know that self-sabotage, unpredictable, isolated person. And I also know the self-assured, responsive, 
responsible people who have had secure attachments. And I can tell you that when I look at those people and I look at those traits, the people who are self-assured, who are direct in communication, who are responsible and responsive to situations and people and experiences, those are the people who are doing the best in life. Those are the people who are doing well financially. (laughs) Those are the people who are taking vacations on a yearly basis or a quarterly basis. Those are the people who are in a job that they chose, that they like. They're not just in a job that they got. They're living life a little more intentionally. These other people that I mentioned, these other characteristics who I also know, those are the people who are kind of like, well, this is the job I could get. Oh, snap, how am I going to pay my rent and my car note this month? Oh, I wish I could go on a vacation, but the bank says no. Those are also the people that are like, I don't know if they really like me. I don't know if I'm going to get fired. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. So I want you to think about these things. And when you're telling someone or listening to someone tell you that you should not pick up your infant child, that you should let them gain independence at such an early age, I want you to think about what your goal as a parent is. Is it to develop secure attachments or is it to develop a different type of attachment style? And I want to tell you that in developing secure attachments, you are actually setting your child up to be more independent later on in their life. And I think that if you have an infant and they are not yet walking and they are not yet talking, this is probably not the phase where we are looking to get them to be more independent. Those are clear indications that they are still very dependent. And your connection and relationship to them is what's going to tell them whether they can be independent, whether they can be trusting. If they trust you and then you take them to daycare in a year or two years, whenever you're ready to take them to daycare, if they already have the relationship with the the adults in their life that adults are people who are going to respond to my needs, adults are people who are going to advocate for me, adults are people who are going to love me and help me, as my son says, to turn my anger into happiness, then when they go into other spaces, they already have that framework. They may be timid when they first get there, right? It's brand new. That's a different thing. Your body is telling you, watch out. This is new. Be cautious. But ultimately, you are setting them up with a foundation of you are in a good place. And if I have responded to all your needs, I'm certainly going to put you in places where your needs are going to be met, right? If you trust me, you can trust the places that I'm taking you. If you trust me, you can trust the people that I'm leaving you with. So we're going to talk about three things to think about when building secure attachments with your child. The first thing I want you to remember is that it's very important to provide a safe and nurturing environment. And as always, I repeat this so often, but I mean it so deeply. When we talk about safety, we are talking about emotional safety, physical safety, mental safety, spiritual safety, right? We are talking about a holistic, safe place that we are creating for our child. So yes, we're going to make sure that our environment is free of you know, poisonings and chemicals that can harm baby and sharp edges and places where baby can get hurt. Yes, we're going to do that. But we are also going to be responsive to our baby. If your baby is crying, you're going to respond to their needs. You're going to respond to their cues and their signals. And the thing is, we want to promptly meet those needs. 
And I think a lot of times people get very confused with this because they think if I create a habit of meeting my child's needs the moment that they need something, I'm going to get myself stuck in a trap, right? That's not what you're doing. You're telling your child that they can, that they can trust you that you can take care of them, that their needs can be met. And I also want you to remember, this is where we get into like pillar E education, pillar U understanding. We have to understand the development of our child. At what points are they fully dependent on us? At what points do they need their needs met promptly, right? That infant stage is when we want to promptly meet their needs because they are still biologically, their bodies are just kind of in machine mode, right? Like they're little Neanderthals, cute Neanderthals, but still they are just in the mode of like, this is what I need, I need to get it, and they're gonna cry to get it because that's their only means of doing it. Another thing you wanna do is like, practice that physical touch, that physical bonding. In those early stages of your child's life, it is all about codependency, co-regulation. So when we've talked about regulation in other episodes, we are building that here with our children in basic things. When you're holding your child, the smaller the child, if you've just brought them home and they're a few months old and you're practicing that skin-to-skin contact, you are doing things like helping that child to regulate their body temperature, helping them to regulate their heart rates by holding them, even if it's not skin-to-skin and you're wearing your baby around and you're holding them, you are producing oxytocin in their brain. You are building the bonding chemical, the happy hormones in their brain, right? And you're wiring their brain to be happy, trusting, confident people. You are not wiring them to to need you all the time. But while they can't walk (laughs) and while they can't talk, you are wiring them to feel good about themselves, about the people around them. You are wiring them to have a even balance, right? Like when we talk about regulation, you need a balance point. And that point has to be calm, confident. We've talked about that in other episodes, being the confident calm in your child's life. So by holding them, wearing them often, being present with them, you are building that calm confidence in them. You are literally wiring their brain to be a more peaceful person than their brain always being on fire with needing something, the longer we wait to meet their needs, the, the more they start to get distrusting and uncomfortable and stressed out. And now they're producing more chemicals and hormones in their brain that are stress chemicals and hormones, as opposed to responding to them and hugging them and producing more happy hormones in their brain, right? And when I talk about being present, I mean, you know, with your child, and this is, again, neurotypical children, if you have a neurodiverse child, they may not make eye contact in the same way. But as a baseline, if we're talking about neurotypical children, make eye contact with your child. When you are doing things like changing their diaper, when you are doing things like feeding them, be present. Don't be watching the TV. Don't be scrolling on your phone. Be present with them. Talk to them. When they're cooing and giggling and making little sounds, lick them in their face, make the sounds back, do whatever you need to do. Aside from this building secure attachments, you are also developing their vocabulary because all of these things, your child is taking it in, they're soaking it up, and they're going to be able to access it later faster and quicker if they have this calm confidence, if they have the happy hormones, if they're feeling secure, and if they have the information. Calling all Black singles and couples. Get ready for the ultimate live experience in Atlanta. The date? 
Saturday, October 21st, 2023 from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss out on the Black Love Summit presented by Black Love Inc. It's Black Love's sixth year of bringing together love, unity, and growth within the Black community. This summit is bigger and better than ever, taking over Atlanta with high-profile talent, signature panels, and compelling conversations that will leave you inspired. Join the creators of the Black Love docuseries, Tommy and Cody Elaine Oliver, and immerse yourself in candid discussions about love, wellness, entrepreneurship, partnership, and community building. This event is all about empowerment and connection, So be a part of the movement and grab your tickets to the Black Love Summit today. Don't wait. Experience the magic of Black Love in Atlanta. Head to blacklove.com slash summit to grab your tickets now. Hey, I'm Anna. And I'm Adele. And this is the Head Nod. Season one, Black Life at a PWI. It's an unfiltered take on black life and predominantly white spaces. In the process, I mean, we learned some things. Ooh, especially that music, Chile. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So be present with your child while creating this safe and nurturing environment. The second thing we're going to do, and this is something that our, our friends who are like, put that baby down, let that baby cry, right? This is what they're going to love to hear. And this is how we can also reassure them, like, we're on the right track. We all have the same goal and we're on the right track. But the second thing we're going to want to do is to establish consistent routines and boundaries with our children. Even those infants, you want to have some type of consistent routine. And remember, routine is about the order in which we do things, not necessarily the time that we do it. So a routine does not mean that you have to wake your baby up every day at seven o'clock to stay on routine. Routine means when they wake up, what's the first thing you're doing? We're probably changing a diaper and singing a good morning song. Then we're probably moving over and having breakfast. Then maybe we're doing some tummy time or reading a book. And as your child gets older, tummy time now looks like sitting up and playing with magnetiles. Or now tummy time looks like taking a walk around the block if they're now a toddler and walking, right? But it's the same routine. It's waking up, having breakfast, having one-on-one time together or an activity together, whatever your routine is. But establish a consistent daily routine. This includes feeding times, nap times, play times. And what this does, again, it lends to that fact and feeling of trust, stability, and having that confidence and like knowing what to expect, knowing what things are going to look like. I think all of us can agree that we like when we know what life is going to look like. And when we have an overall sense of stability, even when life throws those curveballs at us, we have enough sense of stability and enough feeling of getting back to that balance point that we know this is just a moment. This is just a season. That's how I felt, right? I told y'all I got a new car. (laughs) I got a new car because I lost my old car. There was a moment that I probably could have stressed out and been miserable thinking, I don't have a car and I have six children. What am I going to do? But I'm able to come back to that consistent calm, that balance of knowing that, no, I know how to get a car. 
We have always had a car. We always get to where we need to be. This car accident is new, yes, but knowing that we will get through this, that is the consistency. So when we're creating these secure attachments, we are creating a sense of consistency, consistency, (laughs) stability that offers confidence for your child that allows them to be more independent and allows them to be independent as they grow older. And along with growing this independence, a part of establishing consistency and routines and boundaries is as they are getting older, allow them to explore, allow them to gain independence. So when they're starting to walk, let them walk around. This is where we create a safe environment, right? This is where you baby-proof your house so that they can't hurt themselves on the corner of the coffee table, but they can walk around. There is a point, and your child your child always lets you know. Like As a teacher, I'm very much so about planning curriculum, but also letting children lead in the learning, showing me what their interests are, showing me what they're curious about. The same thing goes for parenting. Like if my child can't walk, I'm picking them up. I'm wearing them. I'm carrying them around. As my child can walk, you know, lend out a hand and say, you can hold my hand, but we're walking. And if it's a two mile walk, that's when I'm getting a stroller or a tool because they can't walk that far, right? Your child will show you what they're capable of. And as they're showing you their capabilities, allow them to explore and test those capabilities and even push those capabilities. And then give yourself a break. They're starting to walk. You don't need to wear them now. You can let them walk. They're starting to talk. You don't need to respond to the cues when they put up their hand asking for a drink. Now is when we say, would you like a drink? Say, milk, please. Water, please. Now is when we encourage what they are showing us they can do so that we are building that independence, but still meeting that need for secure attachment. I see that you're hungry. You're putting your hand out but now you're a little bit older, so I'm still going to respond to you. I see that you're hungry, and I'm also going to encourage you to request the food because you can. That's what you're capable of now. So we're not worried about this child who's just going to grow up and be like some spoiled rotten, right? I think spoiling a child is good. I'm just going to say that. I think spoiling a child rotten is a problem. So we are not going to raise a child that is spoiled rotten, But we're going to respond to them and encourage them and support them to gain that independence. Now, the third thing that I want you to think about is seeking support and building that support network, building that village. We talk about it often. It takes a community. It takes a village to raise a child. And a saying that I love even more than that is it takes a village to raise a mom. This conversation actually came up with my goddaughter, when she came to me and was like, I don't know how to make my my infant more independent. People are saying I hold them too much, right? That was the pit of my day. <laughs> Why would they tell you that? But also there's the question of, but are you putting yourself in position to be the only one? Now, it's very obvious. I usually go into this whole spiel <laughs> about how like we are primates. So comparatively to all other species, we have our children prematurely. You look at any other species, these babies are born and they start to walk in a matter of hours. Our children walk in a matter of a year, if not longer than that, right? And that's because of the way that our bodies are situated. We can only hold and carry a baby for so long. That time period is 10 months. I say 10 months. Y'all say nine months, but we go all the way until that 40th week, which is 10 months, okay? So I'm gonna give us ours. (laughs) So we carry that baby 
for 10 months and they come out and they're not yet able to walk, they can't even hold their head up. So it is a period where we are now learning about this fourth trimester, but that fourth trimester is real. Most likely, if our bodies could allow, our babies would still be inside of us for several more months until they could hold their head up, until they could walk or crawl or do something else. So that first year with baby, yes, it's going to be daunting because that baby is highly dependent of other people. And that baby is used to you, the birthing person, whose heartbeat they heard for nine months months, whose feelings they felt for nine months, 10 months, I'm going back to my 10 months, whose smell they smelled for 10 months, whose voice they heard for 10 months, right? They are definitely attached to you. They were literally physically attached to you for all that time. So you are going to be that primary person that they're going to go to and trust and want to be with. But now they are outside of you. You have birthed them and you do have the option to trust other people. And while you are building secure attachment with your baby and trying to teach them that this world is a place that you can trust, (laughs) people are someone you can trust, you are going to have to start talking to yourself and saying, I can trust someone other than myself. Now, hopefully you have a partner. And I see this happen all the time with partners and birthing people is the birthing person does become the default primary parent. And the partner becomes kind of like a secondary option, (laughs) And I think if I'm to play devil's advocate and to be honest, like we as the birthing person, we play a role in that. I know good and well that with my first daughter, I did not want anyone else to hold her. We didn't even buy bottles. Like that's how serious I was about it. I was like, I am going to be her source of food. No one else can feed her. It's going to be me. And then one day I was like, oh, Nike. It's me. It's only me. (laughs) And no one else could do it, but I didn't make space for that and I didn't allow it. And so when I say like, look at your village, find your village, build your village, it means that if someone says, congratulations on your new baby, can I come over and hold the baby for you so you can take a 20 minute nap? If you trust that person and you love that person and that person is healthy and wearing clean clothes to your house, say yes and take the nap. If you're not yet at a point where you can let someone else hold the baby and someone says, says, how can I help you? Say, come over and do the laundry for me. Don't, you're not bougie. Don't be nervous. Get the help. Let that person be in the house so then the baby can smell someone else and eventually work your way up to, actually, yes, you can hold the baby while I take a shower. Actually, yes, you can hold the baby while I take a nap. And here's the thing and where we sometimes get confused is we're talking about secure attachments. We're talking about responding to our baby's needs. That doesn't mean that your baby is not going to cry. And I think this is where we get confused between the people who are saying, I got to pick my baby up, they're crying, and the people who are saying, let that baby cry. There is a gap that we can bridge here, right? And we bridge that gap by saying, yes, respond to the baby's needs. And also, the baby might cry. So if you are a primary parent, but you are overwhelmed or exhausted or you have something else to do, or you just want your partner to be more involved or someone else to be more supportive in the actual physical rearing of the baby, let somebody else hold that baby and let that baby cry with somebody else. Because if someone else is holding the baby and the baby is still crying, guess what? 
the baby is still having a responsive adult in their life. Someone is still responding to that baby's needs. They might not be doing it the way you would. The baby might not stop crying as soon as he or she would if they were with you. But they are learning that there is more than just one person they can trust in this world. And what a beautiful thing. Y'all, I can't tell you what a mess my life and my world would be if I had one person that I could trust or one person that I could depend on. I promise you good and well that this Sharice Life machine only operates with the support and help of at least 100 people who support me in ways big and small, but all in ways that I literally could not life life without them. So to give your child more support, to give your child a stronger and greater village early on is a beautiful thing that that you can do. And that's going to be hard because your body is wired to respond to your baby's cries. Literally, my when I was nursing, my babies would cry, my boobs would leak milk. <laughs> my body was like, no, you're supposed to feed them. Other people can help feed them. You also have to take care of yourself. This is how we allow ourselves to go back to number two of being present with our children. We can only be present if we're taking care of ourselves. We can only be present if our mind isn't at how many days has it been since I've taken a shower? Oh my God, I'm failing at these other things. I need to send out this email. I need to do X, Y, and Z. Maternity leave is about to be over. I need a job, whatever it is. You can't be present if you're mentally in other spaces. And you can only be present in one space if you have support helping you to physically be in the other spaces that your mind is at times to fulfill all of your needs. Now, y'all know that I'm a teacher and I love to give homework. And since we're talking about it, I want to let you know that your homework for this week, for my parents of small babies, your homework is to let somebody else hold the baby. (laughs) Grow your village a little bit more. I want you to deal with your own challenging feelings as you listen to your child cry in the arms of someone else. And I want you to tell yourself, I am safe. They are safe. They are loved. And they are taken care of. And I need to take care of myself. So that is your homework to allow someone else, whether it's partner, grandma, godmom, whoever it is, let someone else hold the baby this week for five minutes. Can you do that? I believe in you. I think you can. That's something I always say to my children whenever they don't want to do something or want me to do it instead. I say, I believe in you. I think you can do it. And now my daughter says that back to me and my five-year-old. But she uses it wrong. She'll be like, Mom, can you get me orange juice? I'll say, I think you can get yourself orange juice. She goes, Mom, I believe in you. I said, oh, I believe in me too. I believe in you also. Get that orange juice, girl. Anyways, my friends, it's been fun. I thank you all for always tuning in. If you have questions, now again, this conversation was prompted by a conversation that I had with somebody. And so I know that I'm able to best serve you when I'm able to hear from you and hear what's going on in your life, hear what your challenges are. So if you have any questions, if you have any places where you are facing challenges, or if you have places where you're like, I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm trying to implement, but I don't know if I'm doing this right, please hit me up. You guys can DM me in my inbox on Instagram at Cherie Sims. Better place to send your questions (laughs) or your concerns is If you email us at podcasts with an S at blacklove.com, 
And I also want you guys to remember that we have a community and we have a village at our Parenting for the Culture podcast club. It's a free club. It's on Google Classroom. You can find the link right here in our show notes, or you can find the link in my bio on Instagram at Sheree Sims. So I want you guys to join me in those spaces. Send me your questions. Stay connected. If you don't have a question, just send me the peek and pit of your day or post it in our podcast club. But keep coming back. Bring a friend. I always love connecting with you guys, and I look forward to connecting with you all next week. Happy parenting, friends. Thank you.